In this episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, it's contract season, baby. The body count is rising, and so is my anxiety. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. My God, the death toll rises daily. Today, my two coaches announced plans to change and move on. I found out that one of my special educators classes is going to be dissolved. A collaborative teacher position is going to be eliminated. A third grade teacher gone. I mean, there are about 14 bodies stacked up and I took it personally for about two minutes. Now, my only slight slight area of anxiety is the hiring process. I'm going to the job fair on Saturday morning in hopes of snagging a few people. This again is a real change for me because I'm used to people trying to break my door down to get into my school. This is a challenge I have to deal with. baby let's get into it you talk about culture shock and culture shift i left a school where and i know i've mentioned this in past episodes my school was neither high performing or low performing it was kind of plateaued achievement it's kind of a forgotten school kind of on the fringes of the county but it was located in an area that was desirable for a lot of people and the district itself had a pretty strong reputation so if if I had a teacher whisper audibly that she was thinking about transferring school, I would get 50 resumes in inner office mail within two days. I mean, the idea of me going to a job fair was a joke. I had so many resumes available to me. I could, I could use them. I could turn them over and use them as place settings, something to put my lunch on, right? If, if, if I didn't have a plate in my office, that's where I was. And this school, which we know was that school, that was a whole different shift. Wasn't nobody. There wasn't antibody trying to break down the doors to get into our school. And we had a negative perception. And the district had an increasingly negative perception at the time. And so while I built a muscle, as I mentioned, where you know I no longer took transfers personally. You know, I mentioned in the in the journal entry that I, I took it personally for two minutes because I knew that this was an opportunity to, to bring some new blood in and get folks moving out who want to go, who need to go, and who must go. I also came to terms with the fact that when you have a purge this large, that you're bound to lose a handful of people that you know, you otherwise would want to stay. And so I had to make my peace with that. And they had their reasons for going. But the real question was, is about around my anxiety. You know, I was feeling a little bit anxious about the hiring process. You know, how am I gonna 
attract people to, to this school. You know, we weren't at a place with where we had a great story or a wonderful turnaround. We didn't have that. So the question is, what you selling? And that's relevant for you today, whether you're talking about retaining the staff you have, right? Because that that's one layer of it, right? You've got to be able to sell them on a vision that will inspire them and compel them to stay with you. And you got to attract new staff in a large district, in a large urban slash suburban area where they have tons of choices. And so this episode underscores the importance of shared vision. It's, it's, it's powerfully important at any school and every school, no matter what your situation is. But man, at our school, that school, it was imperative. And fortunately, through all the chaos and upheaval that was going on at the school, we found some time to carve out, to engage in a process of shared vision. Tom Herc and I co-authored a book in 2015 called Starting a Movement, Building Culture from the Inside Out in Professional Learning Communities. And we created this structure called Authentic Alignment. And it has four stages, the why, the I, E-Y-E, the how, and the now. And the I, envisioning the I, is the section, the chapter, where we go over the rationale, the purpose, and a protocol for developing a shared vision. Because listen, practically, you're sitting at a job fair or in an interview and you got an underperforming school with a negative reputation, what are you selling? That is a tough sell without some shared vision. Hell, it's it's tough to come to work every day at a school like that if you don't have an idea of a compelling vision. So I'm not talking about an academic practice where you just have some crap to show them that's got some flowery platitudes about vision. I'm talking about you've got to sell them on something because people, you got to look through people I mean, that's what I did to attract new people. I had to look through them because there was hell breaking loose around me, right? And we were still, you know, we were high performing in spirit, but not in results at the time. And so I've got to, I've got to communicate a vision for our future that transcends and moves them past what they're seeing in their present. And Tom and I, in developing the I stage, the E-Y-E, the envisioning the I stage of authentic alignment, identified three levels of visioning. Inspiration, level two is aspiration, and level three is perspiration. And I am convinced that this is why I was able to attract new talent to this school that by all accounts should not be able to attract new talent so this is chapter four of our book starting a movement building culture from the inside out you can go to unfoldthesoul.com amazon.com solutiontree.com to grab the book but i just want to summarize what these three levels address the first level is inspiration and this is the part where as a staff you've got to engage in a protocol that helps you move past your current circumstance you've got to see beyond it because if you stay embroiled in your current circumstance which is sometimes chaotic or uh, or 
persistently underperforming or we're drowning on our reputation and the perceptions, it is, it is tough to move to a higher level of performance. It's tough to reculture the organization. And so the inspiration stage, level one, the inspiration stage is where you sit as a staff and you address questions about perhaps your current shared vision. Where in the work I do with schools today, we talk about what do we want school to provide your child? And that's a question that I learned from my colleague and friend, Mike Maddow, several years ago. I've been running with it since. But that question kind of takes you back to the why of things, why you got into education, what is our fundamental purpose? And then we had some really challenging conversations during this stage as well, the inspiration stage, where before we can get to who we wanted to become, we had to take stock of our current reality. And taking stock of our current reality involved answering questions like, what is the image we have of our school in our own minds? What's the image of our school in our district? What image does the community have of our school? And are these the images we want to represent our school? And again, this comes from chapter four, starting a movement, page 85. But these, like, these questions stopped us dead in our tracks. And I remember there being an awkward silence in our staff. And then we really got to some good reflection and talking about what people say about us and, and think about us and what the perception is. We had to take stock of if we ourselves contributed to that. You know, when someone says something negative about our school and we're doing things to turn things around, do we just uh, respond with awkward laughter or, or, or tacit agreement? We had to flesh all those things out first because keeping it real, my school and that schools all over the country have a stink on it. It's unfair, it's unwarranted, it comes with all sorts of weight. But the responsibility to change that, to change that narrative comes from the inside out, not the outside in, and we had to own that. So taking stock of our current reality was really important. And then we moved on to level two, the aspiration stage. Went from inspiration to aspiration. Once we acknowledge our current reality, like we get the mold out of the walls, right? Because you can't paint over mold. You know what happens? The mold's gonna come through eventually. Then we started to talk about who we want to become. We know what we are today. We know what our performance has been. We know what our history has been, but what do we seek to become? What is that vision we have? And so we started to, we engaged in protocols that have had us look into the future, three to five years. And instead of, and this worked for our school, right? Instead of settling for a simple one or two sentence vision statement, you know, which is typically take part in a mission statement and shove vision in there somewhere. We, we engaged in creating a narrative. We got clear on what do we want people to say about us five years from now? What do we want the county newsletter to say about us five years from now? If we landed on the cover of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution five years from now, what would the headline read and what would be the subtopics beneath it? We had to really engage in, in those questions and that was, you talk about energizing. When that protocol is facilitated the right way, it is so powerful to see staff 
dream, especially staff who've been there for a long time and don't know anything but who we are today. And so we had to create this aspiration. I believe vision, you stretch your arm out as far as you can and your fingertips, like vision stretches you beyond your fingertips, creating this compelling future. And so instead of doing what most schools do, which is, you know, they write, you know, you get your mission statement done and then you got to do a, a vision statement for the school improvement plan. So you take a piece of the mission statement and shove the word vision in there somewhere. We created a narrative. We created the day, a day in the life at our school that began with what do you see when you pull up to our school? And you know what that did? That got all of our staff involved. That got our custodians involved in the aesthetic of the school. You know, what does our grass look like? Do we have weeds growing up between the sidewall cracks, swiping at folks' shins as they walk into the school? The day in the life included, what happens when you walk into the school? What do you see? What do you feel? What happens when you enter the front office? Which, you understand, got our office staff involved. We talked about what do we want to see on the walls? When parents are coming in for a parent meeting, they got to turn two corners and walk down two hallways. What do we want parents to see as they make their way to the classroom? What does it look like when students understand boundaries and feel like a part of the school? What would it sound like? Because at, at the time, we still putting kids on blast in front of a bunch of people. All those things. We talked about all those things. And we created this beautiful picture, this beautiful day in the life at our elementary school based on this shared vision. We had some hood ambitions too. So some of you with no hood experience may not understand this, but um, we had a couple of hood visions. So the, our first hood vision was we want every parent five minutes late for parent meetings because the work in the hallways was so phenomenal that they were forced to stop and take a look at it. And the real hood ambition we had was we wanted a certain percentage of our kids um, out of area. We wanted parents, we wanted a certain percentage of our parents to be willing to lie about their kids' residency to get into our school. You know what I'm talking about? You got to bring up a, like a utility bill to prove your residence. And we look at some like, Dang, you know, you don't live there. You don't live on Terra Boulevard. That's your grandmama electric bill. But we kind of wink like, all right, it's, it's okay. We're going to let it slide for now. As long as a little Hunter, a little Deshaun, a little Juanita, right? A little Keisha, as long as they behave themselves, as long as they, as long as they you know, conform to our culture and expectations, it's going to be all right. We won't need to call you. But we wanted that. We, we took pride. <laughs> we took pride. And we got there. That's the beautiful thing. We got there. And it was fun when we looked up and realized that folks were going to try to manipulate the system to get into our school instead of leaving our school. That was a big deal to us. But let me move on to level three, which is the perspiration. So level one is inspiration. Level two, aspiration. Who do we seek to become? And then level three is perspiration. Because if we don't start talking about the work that goes into bringing this vision to pass, then we've just engaged in fluff. We've engaged in temporary feel-good fluff and that kind of fluff, that motivational stuff that has no next steps behind it is like a warm bath, feels good while you're in it, but a half hour, the water is cooling off. 
So the perspiration stage of shared vision, we start to look at the work on a global scale. When I say global, not, not global, school-wide, what are the collective commitments required to bring this shared vision to pass? And by collective commitments, I'm not talking about we about kids and we build relationships. That, those, that's, those not the collective commitments I'm talking about. That's inherent. I'm talking about the behavioral uh, practices and protocols that we all agree to execute because they're research-based and aligned with bringing our shared vision to life. So we started to look at many aspects of the PLC process. Are, are, is our staff organized into teams? Do we have collaborative time embedded in the contracted duty date? Have we identified norms and protocols? Have we established short-term SMART goals? Have we identified essential learning outcomes for every course and every content area? All right, do we have a common assessment protocol in place? Do we have a teaching, learning, and assessment cycle that is rep replicable and repeatable for teams? Do we have the appropriate supports for everything we're asking of teachers? Do we have the requisite supports to provide them to get that stuff done? And so this set us on the course to really make things happen. By the time we were done with this process, I made clear to them that this is what real high-performing schools do. Schools that have made themselves high-performing, not ones that fell into it. Ones that make themselves high-performing engage in this process. And I remember the question was asked, when do we become a high-performing school? When do we start that process? And I say tomorrow. We have to act as if from this point on, we are high-performing in spirit today and in results tomorrow. And I took the elements of that shared vision, which became part of my DNA. It was part of the blood that coursed through my veins. And I would light people up in these interviews. I didn't get every single person I wanted, but I'm telling you, it was the key to attracting and maintaining staff. And when those folks walked the hallways and talked with other staff members about what we were about, this, the elements of our shared vision came through so whether you use starting a movement which i recommend or another source do not undersell the power of shared vision start with the crown i got a book coming baby my first solo author published book Ruthless Equity, Disrupting the Status Quo and Ensuring Learning for All Students will be out in December of 2021. Go to RuthlessEquity.com to find out more. That's RuthlessEquity.com. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, the hiring season has begun. The interview season has begun and I've learned some powerful lessons along the way. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.